Broadcasting live from Bark Channel Pathway on the plain of Kaldheim, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. I'm Graham. Joining me is Nelson. Hey. And Cameron. Hey. New year, new cards. It's 2021, literally today. We're recording on New Year's Day, and we're going to talk about some of the Kaldheim previews and a little bit of other stuff as well. Sort of a hodgepodge today because it's New Year's. New year, new lure. Yeah. But the same sponsor, as we remind you, that Tap Tap and Seed is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do please check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR if you need to buy some magic cards because the slash LRR lets them know that we are sending you over there and we're doing that because we think they're great. Legitimately, they're a bunch of good folks and they do good work. And if you ask them, loading ready run sent me button, please, you'll get a little one inch button, which we are currently still on. Omnath was ejected and that was that started being distributed on December 7th. So probably running out in the near future, I would think, but we'll see. And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So the last two episodes before we took our week off for Christmas break was sort of a 2020 year in review. And I asked on our Twitter if there was anything that uh, we might have missed there because what was there was one thing that was brought up that we didn't maybe go as deep on. And now I can't remember what it was. On, on YouTube, some people asked us to talk about the price of Commander Collection Green because we, we talked about the cards a little bit, but I think... I think maybe in our in our episodes, we were sort of assuming or at least we were comparing it to the signature spell books because it's kind of the same sort of product. Yeah. And I'm just looking now for the first time and face to face is selling it for eh, approximately the price of seven spell books. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I think so. I mean, or maybe only five. Like I thought the spell book was like 25 bucks or something. And currently you can get Commander Collection Green non-foil for 136 holy moly that's on sale they started at 160 for the non-foil or 280 for the foil or now it's down to 220 these are canadian dollars by the way but that sort of helps us make the comparisons because that's you know where we live i just walked into our local game store yellow jacket and i bought the non-foil one for the like 30 dollars 35 dollars maybe that it was suggested (laughs) okay well, I mean, MSRP is gone. I don't know that there yeah, are suggested prices anymore, but certainly this means that, yeah, there is a, what's the word, a discrepancy between what the retailers are charging. Now, this is a limited product. So there's kind of like this, like, wink, you know, nod that Watsi, I think, has always been kind of trying to do. They can't come out and say they're doing it, but like, this is what From the Vault was sort of supposed to be, at least in like, you know, the backdoor industry conversations or whatever is like, you know, we make 20 of these per store or something. And like, we did away with MSRP. Part one of the benefits of that is like, go ahead and charge whatever you want. Like, you're only getting 20 or you're only getting 40 or you're only getting 60, whatever it is for your store. And you're like, how premium you are and whatnot, and maybe how much stuff you buy total. But part of the deal is like, Watsi, you know, knows that running an LGS is hard. And like heads up, if you don't own an LGS, it's hard. So it's nice to have some things where it's like, okay, I spend $20 to buy this and I'm allowed to sell it for $200. Like, and, you know, maybe no one will bat an eye or they will, but they'll also buy it for $200. So, you know, some owners like Ed at Yellow Jacket, shout outs to Ed, sorry, no online store for you. But if you're in Victoria, please come to Yellow Jacket on Broughton Street. Like he'll just sell the things for like a normal Keystone markup or whatever, where it's like he buys it for 20 bucks and he sells it for 35, you know, just like he would a board game or a booster pack. 
or a comic book. So yeah, that was Graham's experience. He bought it for a very reasonable price and got, you know, what would have been $100 at least worth of singles before the set came out. Possibly is just $60 worth of singles now, or I don't know. Maybe I, maybe it was higher than that. I don't, it, it was not like I'm seeing it online for like 99, between like 90 and a hundred dollars US for the non-foil version. And I, it, I definitely did not pay that much. Did you pay money at all though? Cause your, your file card at Yellow Jacket has usually been pretty, pretty deep. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I have run out. Oh, okay. Good for you. Yeah, no, I, I have used all my store credit. So I did actually buy it with earth currency. <laughs> regular human dollars <laughs> yeah maybe i'm misremembering it and it wasn't as cheap maybe it was more in like the 50 dollars range but it was not as expensive as it's going for online this is i okay i, I mean so we didn't talk about it because we didn't know yeah no that's that i got the impression that we just didn't know and i, I commented back or replied to someone on youtube about it so yeah that is a surprise hey and you know thanks for making that comment everybody who did eh, it's a bit of a disappointment but like the weird reality is you know, let's go through these cards one more time. Like, what's the list on these cards? It's like you have to, you get a Sylvan Library, you get a Freilis, you get a Command Tower, you get a Bane of Progress, you get a First Omnath, you get a Seedborn Muse, you get a Sol Ring, and you get a Worldly Tutor. So, like, you know, a year ago before this came out, if you walk into Yellow Jacket and you want all these cards, do you think I'm taking at least $80 from you, Canadian? Like, the Sylvan Library is an interesting one. It's had a lot of prices. But this mm. is black bordered and new art and kind of looks nice. So I don't know. I feel like the average value of 30 or, or Sylvan Library should be about $35 for that. And then Seedborn Muse, like it was, was it at one point banned in Commander? I feel like Seedborn Muse has had various prices. Maybe just got a reprint before this, but like before that reprint, it was up really high. I'm thinking of the five mana Seedborn Muse or the, the blue green one, Profit Crew Fix. That card was kind of expensive for a little while. Mm. Anyway, so Seedborn Muse is probably like 20 bucks. Worldly Tutor's got to be 10. This is a pretty soul ring, so it'll be more than five. And then the the others are easily another 20 bucks so yeah this is in my opinion like kind of overall you look at the like the broad arcs of how magic card prices like go up and down like what's the kind of play value you know you can assign to a magic card when you you don't you're not a, a dealer yourself like you don't bust your collection out every single day to make sure that you're always selling something as soon as it like lost half a percent of value and it's starting to go down or whatever you know you just have cards and you play like most people i would say easily this box set is worth 80 to 100 Canadian dollars. Well, now I feel very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's like no matter what the retailer is charging, if you need these cards and you don't have them, you're going to buy them. And even if you paid $160 for these cards, uh, I don't know, like, did you need all eight of them? You got to get them all at once. Like, do you like the art? Maybe they're worth more <laughs> than the ones with the other art. I don't know. Yeah. On the other hand, that kind of sucks that some people only paid 50 bucks and other people paid like 200 like that's that's shitty and part of the world we live in shopping at lgs's condolences mm -hmm. glad we yeah glad we got to sort of circle back to that because i i admittedly was completely ignorant about it and yeah. not from a not from a position of like oh, i don't need to worry about prices literally i just hadn't looked <laughs> You know, because I didn't go looking for to buy one online. So I had no idea what the what the price was. That's yeah, that's that's high. But yeah, all right. Cameron, I, I'm guessing we both didn't look for opposite reasons. I'm guessing you just didn't want these cards. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw Spellbook Green and I'm like, goodbye. <laughs>
you know the blue one's going to be so much more expensive. Oh, it's going to be brutal. I doubt it. I'm hoping it doesn't get any more expensive than this, unless just like the price of cards in general goes up because inflation. Like this is a, this is like if you're buying them from face to face, like or other big retailers, whoever's charging 100 US, like that's a lot of money for eight cards. These are good ones. I, I'm not going to guess that the blue one's going to be better than this one. I find oftentimes if they pack a little box set like this full of really juicy stuff, then the, like the next one is not as good, right? Mm. So mm. I'm more more worried about future commander collections. Fair enough somebody on twitter did mention that we finally got otters in magic which is true we did we did talk a bit about companions over the course i mean we certainly we went deep on companions in a couple episodes earlier in the year we did talk a bit about companions in the 2020 review yeah companions certainly like one of the most important things to happen this year and it, it's pretty funny and ironic that like as soon as there was an otter splashing into magic like gets banned in commander <laughs> commander <A's> yeah <laughs> it's just so funny right like the day it was previewed hi lutri by Lutri. Like, I got to imagine there was some part of Wizards of the Coast, like, does it, someone on R&D must have been like, okay, we need to make the Is It one really easy to just shove in all of the Is It Commander decks or Grixis or Jeskai or whatever, because those decks aren't good enough or something like that. You know, there must have been some reason that they were like, let's make this one just like super easy to put in as your companion. Sorry, Lutri. I already own all the cards in Commander Collection Green. I was just going to throw that out there, too. That's the reason I didn't look at the price, because I knew that I wasn't gonna buy one there was also a comment on the twitter that we didn't talk about the shoes and i had forgotten about the shoes the shoes was that this year yeah the 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 jace shoes do you remember oh yeah i remember the jace shoes i just thought it was longer ago yeah no that was that was 2020 but i mean 2020 was like eight years long so but yeah they made uh they made like a pair of fresh kicks that looked like sort of like if jace was a shoe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have this styling from his like cloak, the with the the same shade of blue and the white stripes, mm -hmm. the white swirls. I thought they looked nice. They weren't for yeah. me, but I I understand a lot of people appreciated them. I definitely mm -hmm. would have bought some if like I had heard about them before they sold out online, which was like the day they came out. Like I did hear about them the day you could buy shoes. I just was you know some number of hours late. But yeah, I thought they looked great. Gavin Verhey posted pictures of his I think when they arrived. I didn't realize this is not going to look good. I've put it up on the display i didn't realize that they <laughs> printed jace's face on the insole yeah oh wow <laughs> yeah so your heel is directly on top of jace's face ever yeah. wanted to step on jace just of... step right on him oh that was so loud i'm sorry there are a lot of comments about about finally stepping on jace or feeling weird about always stepping on jace <laughs> it's like well you you, you you jack the guy's kicks, I guess, like, this is kind of the least you could do. You know what would be amazing is if, like, because that's like a part of the shoe that really wears down quickly, right? Like the top of the insole, where right where you put your foot. So it'd be amazing if, like, as you just, like, walk around and sweat a bit, <laughs> Chase's, Chase's face fades away. And that's just, like, Liliana's face underneath. <laughs> she's, like, you know, she's, like, raising him from the dead or something. Next year, maybe. <sighs> Or just if it's like Jace's face, but he's like, you know, all the flesh is coming off of his skull. Hey, welcome to our shoe podcast where we talk yeah. about what wizards should make for shoes. Garrick hiking boots coming 2022. Makes an awful lot of sense, actually. Right. They do seem like a slam dunk. Yeah. Or just like Liliana's really tall boots that you could wear to a concert. Oh, my God. I love it. You know, like the ones yeah. that I got kicked in the head by when I went to see English Nails. <laughs> but they've got like, you know some sort of stylized Liana face like near the heel or something or on the on the bottom of the sole but like between the heel and the and the ball of the foot 
you know and yeah, they, got like, yeah. all, they got like her cool lacy pattern all over and like there's like her head her headdress is like on the calf or something oh yeah i'm living for these boots can't wait what else did what else did twitter ask for well there was there was one comment about the the commander civil war which i i assume was the i mean seemingly endless i don't know that this is unique to 2020 itself but the back and forth between how competitive and or casual commander should be or is or you know just sort of a disagreement between different sort of groups of people who play commander who want to play it the way that they want to play it which is totally fine for people to play it different ways but the sort of be- i would i would say bad actors between each camp wishing to uh, impose their will upon the other in terms of how how one can or should correctly play this game of magic the gathering nelson you have some some thoughts on this i do yeah so there's a there's a couple things going on here like one of them is how to find players of like equivalent competition level right so that you can hopefully get into what feels like a good and fair game and then the other one is just like how to manage the band list like i know that shivam has and always will as long as you get you know everyone on the the cag but shivam's just like the most available and i think hangs out on twitter the most so like he's kind of the the point of access for a lot of people is like hears various thoughts all the time about what is and isn't fair what should and should not be banned and it's it's a weird kettle of fish. You know, I know from years working behind the counter at an LGS that like everyone's idea of like what is the right power level for a commander and or like what the numbers should mean, like what cards should go in a five or an eight or whatever and what shouldn't, you know, varies wildly. And the nature of the word casual is like it's also very fractious and just like people have different ideas of what it means to play casual magic is casual magic magic where there's no prizes and no entry fee is casual magic magic that you only play with your friends that you had before you started playing magic is casual magic magic where no one plays a combo or no one plays a counter spell or no one plays a land destruction spell like all of these definitions are fine and ultimately you know none of them mean comfy sweater that's inappropriate for a job interview which is what casual really means you know if you're wearing casual attire you can go into a clothing store and someone can give you a concrete answer about what isn't isn't casual when you come into a magic card store and say i want to build a casual commander deck every you know lgs clerk like person and you know person running the tournaments in my shoes is just like well <laughs> what's your budget and like how good are you at talking to people they'll think it was a casual game if you were nice the whole time you played them but like <laughs> but i've got a kiki jiki right here and i've got a you know pestermite right here and you know i can sell you this volcanic island so that that's my take anyway i think the the whole problem trying to arrange commander games like at command fests and gps is like really fraught and really challenging and so i just like to focus on concrete aspects like are there prizes you know if you if you get into a game with people you don't know and you've paid to get into it you know you should expect that if the prizes are going to the winner that everyone's just bringing like you know all of their ak-47s and you know instant combos and trying to kill you as fast as humanly possible and they've all downloaded their decks from edh rec or tapped out or whatever and tried to figure out who the what the winningest combo is right now and you should just expect that and you can still have fun but yeah if there's prizes on the line probably you should think it's not competitive and then when it's not i just think yeah like if you're not playing for prizes you need to know what you're playing for and any reason that you're playing is fine but sometimes you have to communicate it to the other players and like you know if you really want to win like you should probably be putting all the decks 
cards in your deck that do that. And if you really just want to get to, I don't know, bounce other people's stuff, like you probably will. But sorry, at this point, my understanding of what makes people tick really starts to slide. And I, I don't get it anymore. <laughs> but I know that they're frustrated about it. So I just I think if they talk to each other more as the game begins, they'll probably do better. That's it. That's my whole rant. It wasn't 45 minutes. I'm sorry. I do know this thing about a horse, though. <laughs> <laughs> for context before we started recording nelson said you know like oh i could probably talk for 45 minutes about that and i was like cool could you not talk for 45 minutes but could you please talk about it so that was the that was the condensed version of yeah communication's important so yeah set yourself up for success yeah i just think people need to not be so mad about it i think there's no reason to be that angry about magic cards but that was also a theme of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> you want to look forward to 2021 oh it'd be a nice change of pace i would like to yeah or i don't know yeah if either of you have any like thoughts you want to share too about the whole competitive versus casual versus commander civil war not really fair enough i mean i think you i think you basically said it yeah like i just don't really think there are good definitions of those words or at least commonly understood definitions of competitive and casual because I've played some pretty nasty casual decks, or played against some pretty nasty casual decks. So I, I have no idea, really. Yeah, definitely the first time I can ever remember playing casual magic at YJ, like someone came in with their deck they'd already built, and it's like 11 a.m. on a Thursday, so I'm just kind of sweeping, and like I can help anyone, or I can stop and play magic cards if that's what the customer wants. And it was just straight up like, this deck has four soul rings, and I don't know how many other mana rocks, and just like a bunch of Eldrazi Titans. <laughs> and like it's awesome. casual 60 cards just like a 60 card deck no more than four of any one kind like original rules and like you know we're just playing for fun and i'm like cool i am having fun <laughs> this is a fun game amazing you win again but yeah i i really like the comparison to clothing i wanted to ask before we leave this topic has there been any civil war loading ready run like that have we had our own internal conflict about like because I, I remember when you guys first got into magic before i was even like part of the crew i was just selling you cards you basically did a toolkit league like you started off with your cards you got for free at packs and then everyone was allowed to add one pack a week right yeah that's how we originally started we bought i don't even know if we started with the toolkit but we definitely had the initial thought of yeah we'll we'll limit the number of cards so that it's all fair right like we'll limit the number of packs that we can buy per week you know so so it's all fair but the problem is you know we were all adults with money and we were like but i just want to buy more cards so it sort of that sort of fell apart because like i don't think anybody like i don't think anyone involved like wanted to do that <laughs> <laughs> like everybody was like yes this is good this is what we should do we all accept that this is this is the thing that we should do does anybody want to no okay <laughs> i feel like the civil war commander maybe has something in common with that where it's like you know people are trying to say like okay we're going to agree to like play competitive decks or casual decks or something in the middle and we'll have a numbering system and it'll be fine and then you know people go to build their decks or go to play and it's like well maybe that's not what i want to do at all actually i just want to win or i just want to play a deck that makes everyone else's lives miserable and can't win you're right in that it's definitely just everything means different things to different people right some people are like well i want to make a deck that's fun and to me doing these things that make other people very upset is what i find fun and that's that's cool i that's not i don't think that you're a monster for doing that i don't know why these different camps are even disagreeing why can't they just be like cool we'll be over here yeah i mean i th i think that's really a skewed point and 
I think the quest for a lot of them is to try to figure out where they're over here is because they, you know, people all have, we all have our own geographic play groups. Right. And then when we get to the command fests and to the magic fests, it's like, okay, we need to try and find our other people that actually are the best, best suited for us personally, not necessarily always playing with our friends, but that takes a bit of like guts and work, but yeah, we can all coexist. The four soul rings, Ulamog me on turn three deck can, can coexist. And so can the weird turbo fog deck or the mazes end deck. Everyone has their game. Yeah. Cool. Now I feel like we're going to go into 2021 with, you know, just nothing but a mission of peace and harmony for all magic players. So should we start with the God of battle? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Kaldheim, there's been a limited number of previews out for Kaldheim. It's, it's very sort of fantasy Norse inspired and i say fantasy norse because it's you know obviously you know vikings did not actually have horns on their helmets in real life but that's not what we're doing here we're doing you know fantasy scandinavia and yeah it's looking it's looking pretty cool they're definitely leaning into the heavy metal aspect more than i had expected to the point that they actually had metal bands doing some of these card previews which itself was a tempest in a teacup on twitter for a day but some of the actual cards are looking pretty sweet so yeah let's start with halvar god of battle i'm gonna for the benefit of the video the showcase version is going to be up on stream the showcase frames are very cool like filigreed wood yeah the knot work i guess yeah very very cool just just living for this realm yeah so excited we're finally here in the mythical norse land of magic yeah and halvar god of battle is so legendary creature god so we have gods again so we get to see that pantheon and he's a god what turns into a sword so it we've only seen the one the one god but i would suspect that it would be a cycle one for each color and that they turn into equipment or at least that they are modal cards because halvar here is a modal double face card that we just saw in battle for zendikar so i guess they figured that would land pretty well it's very rare that such a unique mechanic like the modal double face cards comes back so soon usually there's downtime between sets that have this where they can look at it and go yes that worked really well let's bring it back for this other thing but this was like zendikar rising kaldheim yeah it'd be like if infect was just like also in in Estrad. yeah so halvar god of battle is two white white for a four four creatures you control that are enchanted or equipped have double strike so the auras or equipment theme in white at the beginning of each combat you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to target creature you control so you get to sort of move your equipment and stuff around or you can instead cast halvar as sword of the realms for one in a white which is an equipment the equip is also one in a white the equipped creature gets plus two plus oh and vigilance and whenever the equipped creature dies return it to its owner's hand seems powerful and flexible my question can i move around a pacifism that's on one of my creatures you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control yes you don't have to control the aura yeah it's not equipment you control it's attached target or equipment attached to a creature you control neat also i guess if you like mind control a creature and you have halvar out and then like it that mind controlled creature has a sword you can like move that sword onto someone else too even if it's not your sword so that's kind of neat yeah that's pretty cool i feel like sword of the realms is like a fairly balanced card i don't know if this is like super like the flexibility is great obviously of having this cool four four or a sword i think for two mana and two to equip the plus duo vigilance and 
the dies trigger is probably fair. Super grindy. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's really neat seeing going. So in Zendikar, we have all the, all the double face cards are lands on one side, right? If I'm remembering yes. correctly. Okay, cool. So modal double face is like for land specifically, it's kind of like taken directly out of the Hearthstone TCG where, you know, in that game, all of your lands are also a spell and you can play them face down to be a land or you can play them face up when you have enough lands to to be a spell. So it like kind of beats the land, you know, flood or, or screw problems by giving you you know, always you always have some kind of gas. So like it's really cool to see magic pick that up. And now it's because it's like it helps deal with one of the, you know, intrinsic problems that frustrates people and makes the game less fun sometimes. And now we're seeing, you know, mold double face as a way to answer like, well, what if I draw too many of my legendary creatures that I want to put in my deck? Because I'm allowed to have four and they're really good, right? So this way, at least your second copy of Halvar that you draw, you can still cast and do something with. So I think that's really cool too. We've we've actually seen an an ability like this before only once there's a cycle of five cards from future sight that have eminence the most popular i believe is core lash air to black blade and eminence is just it's an activated ability on all these legendary creatures that says if you have another copy of this in your hand you can discard it for an effect or maybe you have to pay some mana and discard it yeah core lash is so the the ability is called grandeur oh grandeur not eminence sorry eminence is that other one that works in the command zone right i think so yes but sorry, sorry. No, no, it's fine. So Corlash is two black black for a star star power toughness equal to the swamps you control, one in a black regenerate Corlash. And yeah, Grandier is discard another card named Corlash, search your library for up to two swamps, put them into play tapped, and then shuffle your library. Right. So that's cool. You can just do that whenever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fairly, fairly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like that you could have Halvar in play and you could have the sword in play. You could have the sword equipped to Halvar. Why not? That's cool. Mm. And flavorful problem mm-hmm. yeah we also have a planeswalker kaya's back can't kill her she's a ghost right i think so no she's she kills ghosts okay she has like she can be ghosty like she can turn herself i guess into a ghost because there was kaya's ghost form from war of the spark and i assume that's how she kills the ghosts by going to the whatever plane of existence the ghosts exist on it, it's just called going ghost okay she ghosts yeah she ghosts you and uh then you die so kaya the inexorable three white black for a five loyalty walker plus one put a ghost form counter on up to one target non-token creature it gains when this creature dies or is put into exile return it to its owner's hand and create a one one white flying spirit token neat that's a mouthful yeah starts with five loyalty so you can plus and melee get to six when this dies or is exiled return it to its hand and make a flyer okay okay so you do it to your creature and then when they attack kaya you can chump block your creature goes back to your hand and you get a one one yeah that's pretty cool minus three exile target non-land permanent so just that's which one's that vindicate is that vindicate no vindicate destroys this is the other one anguished unmaking yeah anguished unmaking although that also costs three life but yeah because i was thinking of unmake but that's just exile target creature so that's good because you can minus three as soon as she lands which is helpful and then if you get her up to seven minus seven you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep you may cast a legendary spell from your hand from your graveyard or from among cards you own in exile without paying its mana cost huh so you can get kaya to seven minus her and then on your next upkeep you can just get her back for free yeah this card looks pretty good (laughs) i feel like the last time last time i saw you know a black white legendary card i liked this much it was obsidad ghost council oh yeah 
you know, like this, this looks to be on the power level, obviously different kind of card, like much more flexible and possibly I know, I know, sorry, everyone good in aristocrats. Like say you have Doom yeah. traveler and then you like plus one and then you have a sack outlet. You're like, well, that plus one counted for an extra three bodies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like I was looking at this and thinking, do I run a second five drop now? Is this what I've become? Like this card looks probably good enough for Canadian Highlander, I would guess. Yeah, I think this could very comfortably sit at the top end of an aristocrat stack and feel good the entire time it's there. Looking forward to learning that I'm wrong about that one. Oh, yeah. I, I look forward to proving you wrong that this is good in Aristocrats. <laughs> but but definitely, honestly, looks does look powerful enough to try. So. That, yes, agreed. I, I will pick one of these up and sleep it up and probably still lose. But I, I feel it has synergies. Also looking forward to, like, just the horrible trying to wade through the end game of that emblem in like a standard match, oh, <laughs> you oof. know, where it's like, okay, they only have Kai. They don't have any other legendary creatures. We can do this. They're just getting free Kai as a return. It's only exiling one of my things every three turns, you know, like we can do this. And then they just draw mm-hmm. like any other creature. And you're like, now I have to kill that every turn as well. <laughs> I can fight my way through this emblem provided they don't cast any other spells this game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can beat this emblem still. Did Kaya canonically kill the Ghost Council? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I think she definitely kills uh, King Brago. That's true. Yes. Yeah. And I I do think she wasted the Ghost Council. Okay. Allowing Tesa to take over the the Orzhov Syndicate. Right. Okay. That's just kind of funny that uh, you were like, oh, I haven't liked a black white card this much since the Ghost Council. Well, <laughs> it's her. It's her fault. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she took their power. Nice move, Kaya. They had their moment. Yeah. We should mention, speaking of double-faced cards, that there's a cycle of lands. We talked about it, I believe, a little bit an episode or two back, because it's the rest of the pathways. We had six pathways in Zendikar, and now we have the other four in Kaldheim. So they are Bark Channel Pathway into Tide Channel Pathway, that's green and blue, Henge Gate Pathway into Mist Gate Pathway, that's white and blue, Blight Step Pathway into Seer Step Pathway, that's black-red, and then Dark Boar Pathway into Slither Boar Pathway, which is black-green. And definitely the worst one of those to say this time around is going to be Slither Boar. Not as bad as Grim Climb. Yeah, Grim Climb was really no fun to try to, like, Get that one out. Seer Step Pathway is also not terrific, but, you know, here we are. And as I mentioned, the way that they're doing that secret layer that they announced is it's got all 10 of them, the pathways, but with the six Zendikar ones having Kaldheim art and the four Kaldheim ones having Zendikar art. So if you get that secret layer, then you can get a full 10 that are all on Zendikar and a full 10 that are all on Kaldheim, if you so desire. Or if you just can't sleep until you do. Yeah, exactly. You like try to play magic and you, your arms just start to like go all wobbly and wiggly. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to do a visual joke there. Man, I can't wait to get back in the moon base. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Simic, Azorius, Rakdos, and Golgari are the combinations here. I don't know if that's like, if this is, I don't know if this is the combinations people have been waiting for or what. <laughs> Well, at least uh, you have the option now of playing them. 
yeah, this mostly affects standard and then historic and pioneer a little bit, maybe. But yeah, like mana's already like feels pretty good in standard, but this will probably open some stuff up. Hopefully this will make, you know, more aggro decks viable in standard. Mm-hmm. So that, I always like to see that. I noticed the art for these. Every single one of them has somewhere in it a very tiny human trying to get around, which is certainly atypical to see some poor soul attempting to traverse these ridiculous locations. Yeah, I definitely think the the art for these lands is trying to give us the feeling that like, you know, call time is a big place. Yeah. Big stuff. I, I, I get that impression. Yeah. Well, we've already seen a couple giants spoiled if we wanted to talk about giants. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about this enchantment aura spoiled by wizards. Giants grasps two mm-hmm. generic and two blue blue so four mana for an aura enchant giant you control i just i don't know if i've seen that aura restriction before or it, that is that is new yeah aura caveats or whatever they're called when giant's grasp enters the battlefield gain control of target non-land permit for as long as giant's grasps giant's grasp remains on the battlefield so as long as you have a giant you can you know use this card to mind control a non-land permanent and for only four mana so like this card's it's interesting i will love him and hold him and call him george (laughs) yeah it's like this card's pretty powerful as long as you have a giant it's a weird restriction in terms of like the whole of magic but i'm getting flashbacks to the first modern masters set giants never lose Mm, I definitely mm. lost with giants a couple times. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Other cool creature types. We have elves. There's a canopy tactician. For those of you who love to play elves, three generic and a green. For four mana that says other elves you control get plus one plus one. And it taps for three green, just like Llanowar Tribe. Oh boy. Yeah. Does everything. I guess this is a bit like the inverse of, what was it from like M11, M12, the elf lord? The two mana one one or... The one that gave everything the Land of War Elves ability turned all oh. of your elves into dorks. Oh, but they right. all tapped for the number of elves you controlled, I feel. Or am I just making that up? Anyway, it seems like a good <laughs> card. Elves do this, right? Exactly. What, what should yeah. an elf lord do? I don't know, tap for <laughs> mana and buff the team? Sure. Yep. Perhaps the most straightforward one we've seen since the Archdruid, Elvish Archdruid, but one more mana. But a more solid body, too, so that's cool. We also have angels. Yeah, including an angel berserker. Yeah. Cleaving Reaper, three black black for a 5-3 Angel Berserker with Flying and Trample and a double-ended axe. Pay three life, return Cleaving Reaper from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only if you had an Angel or Berserker enter the battlefield under your control this turn. I wonder if we'll see a reprint of Fallen Angel. The stats on this Angel, this Black Angel, we don't tend to see a lot of just Black Angels. We usually see White as well if it's an Angel that includes Black. But, you know, back in the day, Fallen Angel was a real card. One of the first sort of Aristocrats cards, really. Same mana cost, five mana for a 3-3, but you can sacrifice a creature. flying and you can sacrifice creature to give it i think plus two power and plus one toughness yeah mm. plus two plus one yeah so i wonder if they'll include that one at uncommon or something in the set that'd be kind of neat i would love to see that reprint that was a favorite card of mine also quick shout out to friend of the show victor adame who was at one of our pre-pre-releases who did the art here because the art is confirmed by both parties this is Nadine. Oh, right. That's right. And this, sorry, there's a bunch of previews happening. But yeah, this is Nadine's preview. And it's it's a, a portrait of Nissa cosplay, if you're not already following her on Twitter. Fantastic content yeah. creator and, and really good magic player, actually. But yeah, that's I look forward to seeing, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that she's putting together this cosplay or maybe has it already, but is, has to has to reveal it at the right time. 
I would guess, yeah. I would assume. If you're a cosplayer and a magic artist is like, I'm using your face to put on a literal magic card, you just, you're sort of like, well, guess I have to. Where are my feathers? Yeah, yeah I guess I'm, I'm, guess I'm, I'm locked into this cosplay. All right, Nadine, you heard it here first. If you weren't already planning it, we've decided that you have to, you have to cosplay Cleveland Reaper. <laughs> Yeah. This one doesn't look too hard to pull together. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea where to start, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is really intricate. It's like it, it's just this weird, like huge armor slash. We're like, what's on our legs? I don't know. Armor slash robe slash weird headpiece plus giant black wings and a double bladed axe. It, the messed up thing is it's not actually the most complicated thing we've seen her bring to a magic fest. Yeah, I do want to talk about these giants because we mentioned them. There's only been two spoiled. They are both rare. Uh, we have Sirtland Flinger, three red red for a four six giant berserker. Because we just saw a thing that mentioned berserkers as well, so that's obviously a subtype that's going to pop up a non-zero amount in the set. So big dumb idiot, a four six for five with one thing. What's it do? Whenever it attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do. Sirtland Flinger deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to any target. If the sacrifice creature was a giant, the Flinger deals twice that damage instead. Ah, the fastball special. <laughs> yeah, so literally you get, you just fling every time it attacks, but added bonus if it's a giant, you deal double that damage. This card looks super fun. I like the design. Yeah. I, I like the six toughness. You know what giant I would like to throw is mm. the Sirtland elemental because it's an 8-8 so you would hit for 16 mm -hmm. <laughs> now it's very expensive though it is five blue blue but wait there's more as an additional cost you have to either pay two extra so nine mana <laughs> nine mana or reveal a giant card from your hand so you either have to have held a giant in which case you cast this for seven or you cast it for nine so it's an 8-8 eight eight that doesn't do anything when it enters the battlefield. But when it attacks, you can cast an instant or sorcery from your hand for free. You know, all those 10 and 15 and 20 mana instants and sorceries that you have just lying around after you got up to 7 mana for the elementalist. Let's be real. Is this thing ever living to attack? I mean, probably. probably. I just think you're not going to have a card in your hand to cast with it. Yeah, like, what do you what do you get? What do you cast with this? I guess there's, you know, a blue deck will figure out a way. I should probably look at this and go, yes, I am calculating in my mind now the possibilities. But also you've just like swung with an 8-8. Yeah. Maybe the lightning bolt just feels good at that point. This card just screams like weird mess of abilities put together for me <laughs> yeah i i kept thinking about like trying to put together that afflict red creature in some sort of deck that does the same thing it's, it's from Amonkhet or hour of devastation three generic and one red for a one four afflict three but then if it's not blocked you get to cast this or maybe when it deals damage to a player you get to cast a spell for free from your hand so like four mana okay you can see like okay you untap are you talking tap, about like, neheb not neheb neheb is also a cool card but neheb's a bit more straightforward and just like is kind of good this is you know some some other member of the eternal warriors team that bolus put together like one of the lazotep flipped creature it was the buy a box promo i have just no memory at all what it was called wildfire eternal yes wildfire eternal three and a red for a one for a zombie jackal cleric afflict four and whenever it attacks and isn't blocked you may cast an instant or sorcery from your hand without paying its mana cost there you go afflict four that's kind of cool so yeah this is a neat card 
and lends itself to just casting big expensive spells you know before they would normally come out whereas like this giant it's like i don't know why you haven't already cast your big spells if you're attacking with your seven to nine drop <laughs> but it sure would be good next to that sir land flinger yeah. also you could attack with both of them and you would get the trigger even if you wanted to sacrifice the elementalist so that's cool like they are kind of best friends mm -hmm. okay before we finish talking about creature types we yes. mentioned there's elves yes. we mentioned there's giants we talked a little bit about angels there's also dwarves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a cool, pretty cool legendary creature that has a metal showcase frame as well. And the metal showcase frame is really metal. It's called Magda Brazen Outlaw. One generic and a red for a 2 1 legendary dwarf. Other dwarves you control get plus one power. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token and sacrifice five treasures. Search your library for an artifact or dragon card and put that on the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. That's a fun card right there. That yeah, is fun. That, that seems wild. Yeah. I really like this, you know, different things that they've managed over the years to like have dragons related to artifacts, right? Like in Throne of Eldraine, this is a really neat card, Opportunistic Dragon, I think it's called. But it's like you get to take control of their their human or artifact, and then you control it until this dragon dies, but it can't attack or block or use any abilities. So it's like you don't really have it. Like you could sacrifice it if you have an ability that's like sacrifice something because you do control it, but you don't get to use it otherwise. And neither does your opponent because the dragon just has it the dragon's just taking it you know yeah. and and for what but like the way they did that flavorfully is like giving it to the player under their control and not just exiling it the way that you know fiend hunter has somebody and there's also in ravnica there's a dragon where like you win the game if you have enough artifacts and you get to steal all their artifacts when you hit them with it so i don't know i just i i love that they keep finding a new unique ways for like dragons to hoard gold and that be a story mm -hmm. kudos that card and the last one that we should talk about because we should talk about it is the squirrel okay no, i have one more after the squirrel but yes let's talk about the squirrel creature types oh creature right. types. talk about the squirrel toski bearer of secrets three and a green for a one one legendary squirrel can't be countered indestructible attacks each combat if able and whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player draw a card so it's just this little annoying thing i don't know how it's supposed to get through it's a one one for four but it's it's a it's a neat little bundle of things honestly yeah i think this design is really cool where you're just like this thing is going to kill me like i'm it it won't do it by damage but i can't deal with this thing or if you can't deal with it then it's just like this very humiliating way to die i feel so throughout the course of magic like, you know, in the first set, the, among the people who could only afford, you know, 20 to $100 worth of cards, magic was about creatures. And that's like what Richard Garfield intended, basically, right? Like, that's what we always say. Or, you know, that's the joke or whatever. But very soon, magic, like the powerful magic was about spells. And I feel like since 1994, R&D has been trying to head back towards like, no, no, make it about the creatures. And I don't think we've seen this design yet where it's like, okay, this is, is a threat, kind of, just barely, that matters. It draws the player card, so everyone cares about that. And it's answered better by like a one mana one two creature which don't isn't usually something you want to put in your deck like yes there was death rate shaman but like you know whatever whatever kind of weird card you're playing the cheapest rate you can get on like a two toughness creature just holds this down and that's you're going to be you know incentivized to play a card like that like a bad creature you know that doesn't really it doesn't matter if it doesn't attack because <laughs> its job is to sit there and block toski rather than like a wrath of god you know because this can't be countered and it's indestructible so it's immune to most removal and like you know the mass removal is especially awkward because you usually have to spend your turn playing a board wipe and then you pass and like you're you get hit by haste things and this guy's didn't die so not only are you getting hit a bit then they draw a card and it's awkward so i'm hoping that this 
just barely almost kind of matters in standard. I think that would be a big win for for Magic R&D. If I'm if I'm way off and this card's amazing and incredible, then that's a little sad because if it's really, really good, it's uncounterable and indestructible. And so it's going to be really annoying. Yeah. What was the last one you wanted to talk about? Okay, I just want to say, you know, we have we do, do have elves and giants and then like we have dwarves and angels and the squirrel and gods and uh, there was one more in there maybe. Yeah angels we said but we don't have kithkin we don't have merfolk we don't have elementals but we do have shapeshifters on this realm and they even have changelings so it's like weird kind of almost return to lorwyn feels i know we just had like a bit of return to lorwyn in commander legends but maybe the the r&d team that was leading this one was like no we're gonna be the secret return to lorwyn because we've we've seen two cards with the changeling ability gladewalker ritualist is an uncommon two generic and a green for a three three with changeling and whenever another creature named Gladewalker Ritualist enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So that's that's kind of a cool one. This is a little bit different than the the same ability that's on that that one mana blue fairy that's been in a couple core sets where it's like when you when this enters the battlefield, if there's another one of these, you draw a card. This one's like if you play a second one and you have you have the first one down, you draw a card. But then if you find the third one, then you draw two cards if they're both still on the field right so like this is a really strong collect me card for draft they did make it an uncommon so we shouldn't see too many decks with eight glade walker ritualists but watch out so kind of neat card probably just for draft and then realm walker a rare two generic and a green for a two three shapeshifter with changeling and as realm walker enters the battlefield choose a creature type you may look at the top card of your library anytime and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library always love these effects yeah so this is like a cool shapeshifter lore this is kind of like a metallic mimic right like any any creature type deck like you know any tribal deck that can cast it is probably interested in this it's sort of like a herald's horn you know extra extra spells you also maybe can like try to you know set your library up to go off with this card there's probably some combos in there somewhere no yeah i I think this is great i love this this effect in green and blue whenever it crops up like the the future side effect yeah absolutely and being able to play from the top of your library just feels good you can scry you're doing stuff it feels like you are doing powerful things when in fact you're probably you know there's probably better ways to spend your mana than scrying around to find something that you can play off the top but i don't care right i love it i love it absolutely yeah, you're having more fun when you're looking at the top of your library because it's more cards and it's more options. <laughs> and that's why we're all playing this is to hit ourselves with, you know, choice overload. Oh, exactly. Right. Meanwhile, like a, a red deck is just raining blows down upon you while you're like, oh, scry one. No, nope, <laughs> scry one. <laughs> well, there are already still other cards from Kaldheim that we could discuss today, but that's been a heck of a podcast already. So I think we will leave it there. But please do come back next week because... 2021 we got more podcasting to do until then a reminder that this show is brought to you by our good friends at card kingdom do check out cardkingdom.com slash lrr for all of your card needs and of course this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run so until next time i've been graham with nelson happy new year and cameron also happy new year Happy New Year's also to Jordan, who edits these, and Heather, who does podcast admin, and to all of you. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.